All right, can you talk real quick? Uh, three, two, one, test, test, one, two, three, four, five. All right, it works. Okay. All right. All righty. Well, we welcome everyone back into the Unwritten Rule Study Room Edition. Um, I am, of course, as usual, your host, Jack Knowlton. Joined alongside me is Kenny Van Dorn and Peyton Haverman. We are going to dive right into some NFL picks. But first, Kenny, we, of course, have a special guest. Would you like to introduce our, our guest for this week? Yeah, his uh, name is Lance Sterline. He's from ESPN 975. He hosts The Bench uh, every morning from 7 to 10. Uh, he used to ask me to be on his show when I used to be an intern at ESPN 975. So today I'm asking him to be on my show. There you go. The script has flipped. <laughs> What's up, guys? How are we doing? Good, good. Thank you for joining us, Lance. Is the flood taken care of? Are you underwater, guys, or what's what's going on? <laughs> um, the uh, studio is currently underwater. Uh, we'll hope to be back in next Friday. Yeah, they can just fix a flood in a week, right? Yeah. So the equipment's fine. It's just the carpet and the ceiling's gone. <laughs> oh, that's it. No big deal. I've actually yet to see what the flood damage looks like. I'm, I want to. I want to go down and, and investigate the studio. But yeah, we're we're troubleshooting in the study room though. We we will bring you the unwritten rule. You know through thick and thin. But yeah, um, we're, we're glad Lance was able to join us this week. We're going to dive into NFL picks. Before, Peyton, before yeah, do you have any question the, off the bat? Before we get into the picks, my first question, how bad was Kenny as an employee? He wasn't, you know, he wasn't bad. He would sit out. So as an intern, he'd sit out, answer calls and, oh. and um, you know, audit, uh, I mean, uh, edit the audio that we had for, for podcasting, things like that. He was fairly quiet, and then we found out that he wrote for an Astros fan site, that he was like, well, wrote pretty much everything on there, mm -hmm. quite a bit of it. So we had him come in and talk about that. Like, he mentioned something to my radio co-host about, I can't even remember what it was, Kenny, about a pitcher, or you predicted some trade or something, I don't know, something like that. And uh, mm -hmm. so he said, let's bring him in. Oh, you write for, ta you know climbing Taos Hill, oh, well, come on in. And so we brought him up, which I've always enjoyed bringing um, interns onto the show as shows at different times, even if it's just one time, a chance to come on if this is really what you love to do or want to do, you know, give you a chance to just see kind of what it's like and have that experience and grab the audio, share it with friends or family members, um, it, you know, if that's, if that's something that really excites you. And so um, I, and, you know, you just never know. I mean, I came from nowhere. I did not come from the standard methods for getting into into sports media. Um, I just hustled and I had some talent and I, I recognized that different people had different talent. And, um, you know, you just have to always be on the lookout for it. You never know when it, where it's going to come from. And, you know, here I, I've been doing radio 25 years now and work for NFL Network. So, and I'm not classically trained per se, like you guys are getting classically trained, but you either have it or you don't, and you either work at it or you don't. And I thought Kenny was, you know, that showed me some hustle. So I thought, well, let's get him on and see what he's got. And he was terrible. <laughs> it's a huge mistake. It's not going to happen again. And he single-handedly made me change my philosophy on that. <laughs> Well, there so you forget go. everything I just said. Kenny completely forced a ESPN radio host to change his views on the world. Exactly. Yeah, well done, Kenny. Nice job, Kenny. It's only an unwritten rule co-host can. All right, well, with that being said, we'll dive into our picks. Um, Peyton is going to sprinkle in some questions um, for Lance as we go. But the first game, starting off with the 12 p.m. kickoffs, um, is the Panthers and Falcons, an NFC South matchup. Lance, who do you have in that one? 
I'm going to go Panthers to get back on track here. Um, they have to have this one, and I, I like them in the spot. Uh, I'm going to go with the Falcons, I think. Uh, I don't really – I just – I'm not feeling it with Sam Darnold anymore. Um, I think that the Panthers are probably going to be a team that looks at a quarterback. Um, and the Falcons quietly played better lately, so I'll take them. Yeah, I'm taking the Falcons here. Um, I'm not sold on Sam Darnold anymore. I think the Panthers – they had a 3-0 start. And just, it really didn't matter. Uh, but they do have one of the best backup yep. quarterbacks in the league. Uh, the former XFL uh, season ticket holder, I stand P.J. Walker. And and I know that they're out of competition for uh, Deshaun Watson now, but I'm still taking the Falcons here. We get the we get the P.J. Walker shout out of the way early. I'm also going to pick the Falcons. I think Matt Ryan has quietly been a pretty good performing quarterback. And then, yeah, I think they'll I think they'll get it done and go above above. 500 next game uh is a little bit of an afc east matchup the miami dolphins against the buffalo bills lance who you got in that one um i like buffalo here easily i mean if we're just picking straight up it's not even close and uh miami you're starting to see signs of miami potentially just packing it in and that's that's a scary sign for a team who really thought they were going to make some noise and an organization that thought they were headed in the right direction um this meltdown here already early in the season is really bad news, and I think the, the Bills will continue to feast on their carcass. So I, I like the Bills easily. Uh, Lance, uh, the Dolphins have been a team that have probably been the most heavily linked to Deshaun Watson. Uh, do you think that happens, like a trade maybe there gets done before the trade deadline or in the off season? Well, I, I think that, you know, I think that Miami, the fact that they're not winning any games, the fact that they're so far out, there's there's one of two mindsets here. You either want to get Deshaun in right now and force the NFL's hand if they're going to uh, suspend them. You want them to suspend them now in the midst of a, a bad season so you can get it out of the way this year. Um, you know, the problem with waiting until next year is if he sits out the whole year and there are no games officially suspended, the league could suspend him next year if and when he is uh, a Miami Dolphin. And if that's the case, you know, now you're getting into the potential success of next year where Chris Greer and Brian Flores really need to, you know, come up and have a much better year. So I think uh, I, I think it would make some sense for them to do it. But the Texans, it's not going to make sense to make it a deal in season this year unless they know exactly, you know, unless they know they're getting proper value for Deshaun Watson. So um, I I think a deal will be made before the trade deadline, but mm. if, if the Dolphins don't come with what Nick Casario is asking for, then the Dolphins' chances of landing Deshaun is going to drop by about, I'd say by about, uh, you know, 8 to 10% because there will be other suitors in the offseason with a chance to try to convince Deshaun, hey, we're the team, drop your no-trade clause for us, and we're willing to give the Texans what they want. And I think Miami, if they don't get a deal done, they risk teams like Atlanta, like potentially New Orleans, um, you know, like uh, the Denver Broncos. They, they really risk some new teams being involved in the mix, maybe even maybe even Carolina once again. Interesting, yeah. Uh, Deshaun or no Deshaun, just going back to the picks. Uh, I'm taking the Bills. Yeah, you know, the Dolphins have had all these picks over the last few years, and you know, like they're still not that team that they want to be. And I think it's pretty easy that anyone here is going to take the Bills. Yeah, I feel like this situation with 
you know, what they're going to do in terms of trying to trade for Deshaun Watson has to get sorted out, you know, for them to, to really move forward um, with their season. And just the Bills are better. <laughs> so I'm going to pick the Bills as well. Next game up um, is Peyton's team, the Chicago Bears, going up against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Lance, who do you have in that game? Uh, wow. I mean, San Francisco is an absolute mess. If they don't win here, they're done um, this year from a playoff standpoint. They may already be done. Um, but the same thing can be said for Chicago. I mean, another team who's been an absolute mess last week was, you know, really bad. Really, really bad last week. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I will, you know, I guess I'm going to go with the team that I think is maybe a little bit more behind their coach, and that's going to be San Francisco 49ers. It's really bad weather on Sunday. You could maybe chalk some of that up to that. Chicago just looks like a team right now that's completely lost, and, and Fields isn't getting any better right now. It's a it's a bad situation with the head coach, the offensive line. So I'm going to go San Francisco on the road. Yeah, the less time I spend talking about the Bears, the better. So I'll take the 49ers. That's about all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This could be a toss-up. I feel like you could go either way here, especially within – Chicago, but I'm going to take the 49ers as well. And you know what? Since you said some toss-up, I'm going to be a little bit different. I'm going to go the Bears. Do you know? Figure it out at least for one week. I'll pick. I'll pick Chicago, um, and Justin Fields to have a solid outing at home against the 49ers. Next game up, um, going to the AFC North. Now it is the four and three Browns. Um, I believe without Baker Mayfield going up against the Steelers. Uh, last I saw, it's with Baker. Which, oh, yeah, unless, is it with Baker now? Yeah, I saw he was yeah, questionable. Was shocking since he, since the report came out, he tore his labrum, non-throwing shoulder. You know, you can get through that, but also, you know, had the fracture in his shoulder. I'm thinking, wow, he's going to play. I wonder how, I wonder how, how effective he can be. And because of that, and I understand that Pittsburgh has their own issues uh, with their offensive line things like that but I mean I, th- I think this is really turning into a toss-up I think it's going to be hard to score at all in this game um, I'm going to lean towards Cleveland I think you know once again this is a team that's it's gotten banged up in the running game and that's a real problem but you look at the pass rush from Cleveland and the defensive front I just think it's too much for Pittsburgh's um, soft offensive line to handle so I'm going to go with Cleveland in a very very close one and a low scoring game yeah, uh, I'm going to have to agree. I don't think any points are going to really – points are going to be at a premium in this game. Um, and, Lance, I know you're uh, a draft guy. Uh, do any of the quarterbacks coming out this year make any sense for as a potential Roethlisberger replacement, you think? Oh, sure, sure. I think, um, you know, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and Matt Corral, to me, are going to be the three first-rounders if Matt Corral comes out. Or rather, uh, yeah, Matt Corral comes out. I think those are going to be the three first first rounders you're going to hear a lot of talk about. I, I haven't gotten deep into the class at all. I wait, I wait until the end of the year pretty much to really dive in hard on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But I've seen enough of all those guys to know that, uh, you know, Pittsburgh may have to move up in the draft to get their hands on one of those three. But, yeah, I think Pittsburgh, they've – They've played chicken too long at the quarterback position, and I knew it would come back to bite him. You wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, and all of a sudden you find yourself in dire straits quarterback-wise, and that's where they are right now. So they're almost in a position where they're going to have to draft a quarterback or trade for one. So, yeah, there's quarterbacks that will make some sense, but Pittsburgh may have to, to move up if their defense is good enough to keep them, you know, at about a 500 record. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big Ben. Big cooked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going Browns. I don't know if I said that, but. Yeah, I'm taking Browns here. Um, I think it, it is going to be a low-scoring game. I think that replacement for Big Ben should have been found uh, two to three years ago. Just somebody behind him. Um, just every week it looks like he's just getting worse and worse out there. Yeah, I agree. I'm also picking Cleveland. I think even a banged-up Baker Mayfield will will find a way, like Lance said, in a, probably a low-scoring fashion to still mm-hmm. overcome the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next game up uh, is the 0-7 Lions, still looking for their first win of the season at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Lance, who do you have in that one? I get the Lions. I think they finally oh. get the W here. They've, they've been very uh, competitive this year. The team hasn't quit on on Dan Campbell at all. The offer, they took all these chances last week, and a lot of them paid off. And, and you know what that means is Dan Campbell's telling his guys, we're going we're gonna to go out here and give it every shot we've got to win the game. We're not going to try to keep it close or he said we're gonna swing you know we're gonna fire haymakers as much as we can at this team and i think that helps an off that that helps a team believe in a head coach a little bit more and uh i haven't seen the team give up at all they've been close against some pretty decent teams in fact they've been in good position against pretty good teams and philadelphia's been very erratic so i think the lions finally get a w here uh i know they're a small underdog about three three and a half points but i think this is the game where the lions finally get the win uh lance stole my thunder because i'm also taking the lions uh i'm not a fan of jalen hurts i really don't think he's the guy that you can build a super bowl team around um and like he, like uh, Lance said, I mean, they clearly, clearly the players have not quit on Dan Campbell yet. Uh, he's been impressive so far. The wins aren't there yet, but they've been very competitive all year. I think they get it done this time, and Dan Campbell gets a win. Yeah, the the Lions have uh, lost seven games this year. Five of them have been ten or less points by ten or less points. Um, I I do agree. I think this is the game. I think this is the you know the easiest game out of all of them that. They kind of run away with it. Um, I, I did like the strategy from Dan Campbell last week. I think it really showed that you know he's not giving up on this team. They're not giving up on him. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree and make it a sweep for the Lions. They might wow. be the most unlucky 0-7 team or maybe the best 0-7 team we've ever seen in terms of how competitive they've been in games. Um, yeah, I, I, they, they played super well. They, take, they took a lot of – like I liked – um, you know, the way Dan Campbell, like Lance said, was willing to call a lot of shots and like try, you know, risky plays. It, it's easy. I feel like it's easy to like pack it in when you're 0-7, but it doesn't seem like the Lions want to do that. And I, I think that'll pay off eventually for them. Um, so yeah, clean sweep for the Lions. Um, next game up is an AFC South matchup. The Indianapolis Colts hosting the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, you know, Carson Wentz is playing better football right now, and the Colts had a big win on the road against San Francisco. And, you know, they'd be sitting there right now. They're 3-4. and four. They, they should be sitting at 4-3. and three. They really just gave the game away against the Ravens on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks back. But, they, uh, but the Colts have Quentin Nelson back. I, I know that they're a team that is really – um, at a place where they believe they're going to start turning the corner. It's a red-hot Titans team. They're not really – I mean, they're they're taking on all comers, and they're performing extremely well. Got Buffalo, got the uh, – you know, just mauled the, the Chiefs. I just think this is going to be a little tougher one for them. They, they have had some issues when they go into Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis' speed on defense will really uh, pay some dividends against – uh, the 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 Titans and and what they like to do offensively. So I think this is going to be a really really good matchup. But I 
I like the uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton is supposed to be back this week too, I believe. So I like the the Colts in a close one here, but you know, it, it, slowing down Derrick Henry and the Titans right now is no easy task. Uh, yeah, this is a toss up to me. Um, I know these are your two favorite teams, Kenny. So there's that. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm gonna take the Titans. It wouldn't shock me if the Colts won this game at all. But I mean, the Titans took down the Bills, who in my mind are the AFC front runner. Uh, they took down the Chiefs, who yeah, they've struggled this year, but it's still Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I I'll take the Titans in this one. Yeah, this is the second time uh, they're facing each other this year. Uh, Titans won 25-16 earlier in the year on September 26th. Um, but here I'm going to take the Colts. Um, I think they'll leg this one out. I did I did kind of think the Titans were a little fluky at the beginning. Um, they beat the Bills, and, you know, they punched out the Chiefs back-to-back weeks. It really kind of shows the kind of team they are. But, you know, they're not going to win them all, and this is, this is the game they'll lose. Yeah, um, I like the Colts at home, too. Um, I think, you know, as much as I'll always hype them up, Objectively, I think Jonathan Taylor has really turned a corner. He's emerged as one of the better running backs in football. Um, I think he'll cause problems. As good as Derrick Henry obviously is, you know, for the Titans as well. But I think the Colts get the win, use the home field advantage to beat Tennessee. Um, next game up is the one and five Jets coming up against the maybe pretty surprisingly five and two Cincinnati Bengals. Um, of course, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase finding their rhythm. Um, this season, who you got in that one, Lance? Yeah, I, I mean, this should be a fairly easy boat race here. I think the uh, the Bengals get on top of them early on, stay there. I think it's uh, I think it's an easy win for Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, Mike White is starting uh, for the for the Jets. That's pretty bad. Um, uh, Lance, uh, who was your wide receiver one in last year's class? Because I know it became a pretty big debate between Jamar, Devontae, and uh, Waddle. Um, and right now it's very clearly been Jamar Chase. I mean, he's probably the runaway offensive rookie of the year. But I'm just curious uh, if you had him at wide receiver one as well. Yeah, I had, I had Devontae there by a very small margin. I had them very close and I didn't have much of a drop off to to Waddle I like Waddle I just think Waddle has a little bit more limitations but it's a classic case of big strong and fast um is going to be you know a lot of times that ends up trumping the uh the guy who's going to be the more skilled smaller guy in Devontae Smith Devontae Smith has still had some really good games is really polished Mm -hmm. but the lack of polish by Chase eventually really great athletes and talented players will find polish in the nfl so that's why the upside is so much higher and and chase is finding his upside and i think it really helps that he went to a team with zach taylor as as the head coach i've always felt like you know the Bengals need to just stick with him because i think there's something there with him but more importantly finding a quarterback like joe burrow who already had um, not only trust but chemistry with them has made a massive massive difference those guys are just on the same page and the athletic talent just pops off the field every every week that you see jamar chase so yeah i had i had chase right behind smith but i thought it was a pretty close battle it just i ended up going with the guy who played in 20 uh played in the 2020 season as opposed to the guy who sat it out yeah you're definitely not alone in that reasoning uh yeah i'm pretty sure i said it but the Bengals by a lot 
Uh, coming into last week, I really thought the Bengals were a little fraudulent. Um, they did. They beat the Jaguars by only three. Um, they almost beat the Packers, uh, but they blew out the Ravens. And uh, they're off my fraudulent rankings. I'm going to take them by a lot against the Jets. Yeah, I'm picking the Bengals too. Um, I appreciated Lance's, you know, talking about Jamar Chase with chemistry because I know that was part of the debate where the Bengals sat in the draft with um, maybe trying to take Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase, having that choice. And while they definitely still need to strengthen that offensive line, I think, like, it's shown already this year that when you establish that trust or, like, you know, when you had something built between a quarterback and a receiver, I feel like that just makes so much of a difference when, Mm -hmm. you know, he's still getting used to the league. He's only in his second year, and now he has this guy who he's trusted for a long time. And it seems like it's paid off so far. I'm also picking the Bengals by a country mile. Next game is the 6-1 and one Rams against the 1-6 Houston Texans. Um, Lance, who are you picking in that game, and why is it the Rams? I got to go Texans. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The Rams will slaughter them. It's not even going to be close. So, um, by the way, interesting fact, the Texans have uh, been outscored, I believe it is 92 to 97 to 10, 92 to 10, oh, somewhere that they were in the second half of games over the last five. Oh, so over the last five second halves of games, they've been beat like 90, it's either 92 or 97 to 10. I went back and charted it. Uh, they're 0-7 against the point spread in the second half of game. For whatever reason, they're competitive in the first half. And the, it's a runaway freight train in the second half against the Texans. So um, I think the Rams will jump out early on the Texans. And this will be uh, – everyone only cares about the Astros anyway in Houston. So this will be just another week not to care for Houston sports fans about the Texans. All righty. Yeah, no Tyrod, no chance. There probably wasn't much of a chance with Tyrod either. But, uh, yeah, Rams by a lot. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams here. I know, you gave up? Yeah, I gave up. I'm, up? Done, I'm done with my Texan streak. I'm losing so many points points by doing that. You are falling behind. Yeah, I'm falling behind. Uh, <clears throat> Lance, I don't know if you know this, but in the last three road games for the Texans, they've been outscored 101 to 8. <laughs> yeah. So, That's not a lot. Or 102 to 8, sorry. Could get that extra point to the Cardinals. They are at home this week. But they time. are at home this week, and I'm still going to take them to lose. <laughs> I, How about that? Are you sure it's eight? Wait, yep, five, yeah, five three, and zero. Three. That's right. Yeah. Five, three, and was zero. That, uh, three was that Cardinals game a scoregami? It was a scoregami. There we go. Fun. So at least they're getting scoregamis. That's always fun. Um, I'm also <laughs> picking the Rams. I picked them as my Super Bowl favorites this season. I'm not going to bet against them against the Texans. So um, moving on to the three o'clock games. The first one is the four and two Chargers hosting the New England Patriots. Lance, who you got in that one? Ah, man, coming off the bye week, I kind of like the Chargers here. It's It's been a little bit up and down for uh, rookie quarterback Mac Jones. I, I I like New England when they're at their best, when they're playing well. Uh, they've got several running backs right now that they can lean on. It's, you know, you never know who who's going to be leading the show there, uh, you know, there in New England. But I just think two weeks to prepare for this game really benefits the Chargers. They're coming off the thumping against the Ravens where they just a really disappointing effort. So I think uh, the Chargers are the squad this week. I think they'll really bounce back, and, and, and the extra week to prepare is going to be a big advantage. Uh, yeah, I'm going Chargers. Matt Jones is a fraud. He checks it down all the time. Uh, yeah, give me the Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers here as well. Um, I think this would be a good game for Justin Herbert to bounce back. He was, you know, like you said, Lance, it wasn't a very great performance on the offensive end for the Chargers at all against the Ravens. And, um, you know, the Chargers are used to playing in 
Actually, this game's at home. Never mind. I can't make my away joke. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers. Yeah, I'm also taking the Chargers. As Peyton said, Mac just throws check downs. That's all he does. And they sure will lose. It, it's probably his design. <laughs> but you know what? When you're rooting for another rookie quarterback, Fair party enough. wants to tear down the other rookies. Or when you're just kind of rooting against the Patriots. But um... I don't even care about that. <laughs> I will say, keep in mind, though, I have a friend who works for the Chargers, and he, and I asked him if there was any kind of a home field advantage now, you know, if people are finally on board. Mm. He said, yeah, it's starting to turn, but he said, he said it's still like, you know, there's still plenty of road fans who show up at the games, and the Patriots have fans all over the country, they and they travel always well. show up. They do. Yeah, I, I, I think the Patriots actually will outnumber the Chargers in that stadium, so just something to keep, keep an eye That's on. That's a good point. So it will be an away game. It will be an away game. I mean, for the Ra- us. 17 Monday, away games this year. <laughs> that Monday night game between the Raiders oh, and the Chargers, Raiders there were Chargers. way more Raiders fans than yeah. Chargers fans. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I am going to still pick the Chargers and make that one a clean sweep. Next game up uh, is the Denver Broncos uh, hosting the Washington football team. Lance, who got in that one? Man, this is a tough one. Um I just Washington just can't get enough offensively. They've got a quarterback that runs around and makes some exciting plays, and then they don't cash in when they get into the red zone. And that was a big problem last week against Green Bay. They got down there, and I'd be watching a game, had multiple games up, and then I, you know, I'd, I'd kind of turn my attention to another game, and before you knew it, somehow Washington hadn't scored. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how they didn't score. But um, I think Washington is the team that that has more talent right here. Uh, Denver, you've obviously got the, the the high altitude, which gives you a little bit of an advantage, I think, against the Washington team. It's you know for me, it's kind of a, a toss up. I love the defensive front for Washington, but they just have not been consistent enough, and the, and the secondary has been bad. I don't think Denver can really attack through the air as much as you know some other teams have. So I'm actually going to go Washington here. I think the way that you attack Washington is throwing the football, and I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to do that effectively, at least not enough to really you know pump it up into the upper 20s. And I think uh, it's a, it'll be a boring game, not a lot of fun to watch, but I think Washington gets a road win. Yeah, this is the must-not-watch of the week, um, probably. I'm going to go with the – Football team, I guess. Uh, it, it could go either way. Uh, Teddy has been very bad as of late. Uh, Heineck, like he, like Lance said, uh, they were getting to the red zone a lot. Uh, I mean, Washington was moving the ball. They just couldn't finish drives. Um, I think this week that turns a bit more against a worse team. And, yeah, I'll take the football team. Lance, you know that you talked you know, about uh, Ty- or Heineke in Washington. Do you think they address a quarterback position in the draft? Yeah, I think they might <clears throat> I think they might have some interest in, in Watson actually, but I don't know if he I don't know if he'd waive his no trade clause to go there. Um I do think that quarterback is a position they'll have to take a look at. They were already in a bridge quarterback mode anyway with uh Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that was going to be their plan anyway. It was just to bridge it out until they could find their their new guy because Haskins was such a disaster. But um, I think that, uh, you know, a couple names to keep an eye on are, are, are obviously Tua. I think Tua and Sam Darnold, if, mm-hmm. if Sean Watson gets involved with either one of those teams, 
the the third team involved could be uh, Washington looking for uh, a quarterback in, in Tua. Maybe they offer up a second round pick for for Tua. I don't think they're going to go out of control with what they're going to offer. And then maybe Sam Darnold could could be a a player who would fetch a draft pick or two if they were to look at Sam Darnold. I and mean, Sam Darnold to me, you still may be in bridge quarterback mode just younger bridge quarterbacks that's that's the one concern there but i think that uh i think washington will make that a priority especially if they're in the the bottom eight teams of the uh of the league this year i think they're almost going to have to i mean that's a really really huge priority need for them yeah i agree i don't i don't really know who else is out there on the market this you know this upcoming off season as well. You know you said Watson, but might not want to. Play. Matt, Matt Ryan is going to be a Matt Ryan's going to be a cap casualty after the year's over, based mm-hmm. on what his number is. So that's an inter- interesting name. You know that you might plug in there is Matt Ryan. Interesting. All right. Um, well, say Matt, I'm I'm going to take Washington here as well. Um, I know the Broncos defense. You know they did a good job against Case Keenum um, of all people, and <laughs> but I'm st- I'm still taking Washington here. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting them looking to explore uh, some new quarterback options. That being said, um, I'm going to take a page out of Kenny's book. I'm going to pick a tie. I'm going to pick a tie. <laughs> Kenny uh, last year picked a tie. He got the right city but the wrong, or the right state but the wrong team. Um, I believe it was either the Bengals or Browns tied, but the he Bengals picked the other tied. one. The Bengals tied, but he picked the Browns to tie. Um, I, I think this game will be boring, um, and I think – They'll just miss a bunch of field goals in overtime, and the time will run out, and they'll tie. So there you go. A score draw between the football team and the Broncos. Um, never pick a tie. Next game up is the big game in the NFC South, the Buccaneers um, going on the road to New Orleans against the Saints. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny. <clears throat> Jameis Winston, he's, he's only had over 200 yards passing, I think, twice this year. He has been you know with some of the weirdest stat lines that i've seen five touchdowns with 140 some odd yards passing in, mm-hmm. in week one against green bay then you know a couple of weeks ago he ends up with four touchdown uh, passes without even getting the 300 yards it's not like he's putting up big numbers but he is staying within the context of the saints offense he's not making the typical you know bad decisions that we're, we're used to seeing with james that turns into uh, interceptions with that said if you're going to beat tampa at any point you've got to have some firepower and you got to be ready to crank it up at least in one half because that's what they can do against you so i think this this should be a really good game um and i do love the fact that you know every time marshawn Lattimore takes on mike evans it's a nightmare for evans he just can't get loose and those two guys end up scrapping on the field but now there's just so many weapons over there at the end so and this should be another big antonio brown game to be honest with you we had the big one in week one where he just came out of nowhere and everyone's oh my god he's gonna be the fantasy monster this year but there's just so many weapons that i don't know that anyone just gets on track every single week for tom brady there's so many different players to take advantage of but i think antonio brown's the guy that has the big week this week mike evans probably not so much because he rarely shines against Lattimore, but just not enough firepower for the saints offense so i'm gonna go to the bucks i think a little bit close one i don't think it's gonna be all that high scoring but i just think uh, you know when it's all said and done brady and the bucks just have too many weapons that if it's a close game they can make a play at the end yeah, I, I agree. I think this will be a pretty good game. Uh, but you know what? I've been peddling the post-LASIK Jameis is legit narrative. I'm going to stick with it. Post-LASIK Jameis 
gets revenge on his former team. Uh, and I think at some point, the Bucks are going to drop a couple. I mean, they're not probably a 16 and one team, I think. So I think this is a game they could definitely drop. Yeah, this, you know, I was going to say that the Bucks aren't going to finish 16 and one. And I, I'm taking the Saints here and give you some news on Mark Ingram. He's wearing number 14 this weekend. Uh, he couldn't pick up number 22 that he used to wear when he was with the Saints. And he's wearing 14 because it's a reverse number of Alvin Kamara because Kamara is 41. <laughs> so it's called Zoom 41, Boom 14. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's kind of cool. The thunder lightning I, combo. I don't think Mark Ingram is a factor in this game. I just wanted to throw that yeah, out there. Uh, he did sign a one-year extension today uh, worth up to $2.8 million for 2022, according to Field Yates. So I'm taking the Saints here. I think this will be a close game, and I think the best way for the Saints to beat the Bucks is definitely at home. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm also going to pick the Saints just kind of for the same reason Peyton said, where I think the Buccaneers are going to drop a game. But um, I do agree. I think this will be just a close and very competitive game. It'll be a fun one. Um, going into the Sunday night game now, it is going down at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. It is the Vikings against the 5-1 and one Cowboys. Lance, who you got on that one? Uh, <clears throat> Cowboys, um, I, you know, oh, well, Vikings are a small favorite here. That's interesting. I still like Cowboys. I just think the Cowboys are on a run right now, and they have some pass rush, which is really interesting to me because I think they have guys up front who can actually get after Kirk Cousins. And Cousins is a guy that has, look, the two wide receivers, his two wide receivers, his big targets are really playing well again. But you have to remember that the Cowboys have the potential defensive player of the year and Trayvon Diggs, who can take out one of those wide receivers or at least slow them down, maybe not take them out since those since those wide receivers often will hit big plays on Diggs, but you eventually get stung if you go Diggs too much. So I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go Dallas here in this one. I, I do like the matchup. I think it's maybe it may be the most underrated game of the entire weekend, maybe the best game of the weekend when it's all said and done. I think it will be higher scoring as well. Could have both teams get into the 30s. But um, I'm going to stick with Dallas. I think Dallas is on a little bit of a run. And this could be kind of a, a little bit of a magical season for Dallas because they've just got that, that glean in their eye and they've just got so many weapons that if it gets to a shootout, they're more than comfortable taking their shots. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to agree. It is going to be Halloween when this game is played. It's true. Which means Kurt Tober's powers should be at his height. But um, I genuinely am starting to think about the Cowboys as like a Super Bowl favorite out of the NFC. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think that offense is just remarkable. Even though Trayvon Diggs and that defense's resurgence I think is a bit overplayed. The offense is just too good. Yeah, you beat me to it. Uh, I was really hoping to throw a Kirk Tober joke in there. It's like it's gonna say, you guys know it's the last day of October. Mm-hmm. Can't count out uh, Kirk. But I'm taking the Cowboys here. This does feel like the 2016 Dallas Cowboys. It feels like they're even better than 2016, and I feel like they will make a run in the the playoffs, like you guys were saying. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I don't I don't I guess you know now that I say this, I'm sure Kirk will go off in Kirktober fashion, but I don't ever trust him. Um, I don't think he's a very good quarterback, and I think the Cowboys will cruise to a victory on the road. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings like put up a fight, but I could just see the offense just pouring it on for Dallas. I, I think they're um, a very, very intimidating offense to go against. Um, I did realize I completely skipped over one of the 305 games. It is the 1-5 Jacksonville Jaguars at or on the road 
against the two and five, still Russell Wilson-less Seattle Seahawks. Um, so Lance, if you want to give your pick for that game, Oof. yeah. I mean, I'm dying just to make a little bit of an upset pick. I guess upset pick with Jacksonville. I I'm gonna go Seattle because of the east to west thing. That's a that's a that that can be a tough trip. Not as tough as the west to east, but that is a long cross country trip that might have an impact. But Jacksonville's had two weeks to prepare and. I don't know. I think this is this one has the makings of a potential Jacksonville road win, but I'm just going to stick with Seattle. They're terrible without Russell Wilson. The offense is awful. But I mean, I just can't see I can't see Urban Meyer getting another win this early. So I'll, I'll stick with Seattle. Yeah, uh, heads or tails, Siri. <laughs> We're going to go with the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I would like to point out that the weather is a lot better than last week. I know the that was like one of the worst weather conditions for a football game ever in Seattle. This game is in Seattle. Yep. Well, I, I'm trying to like tell myself to stop like thinking like if I see the Seahawks logo, that's a good team. You know, like for the last ten years yeah. of my life, you know, yeah. I mean, growing up in the Seahawks have been you know we had the Legion of Boom. You know, we had this good Seahawks teams every now and then. I'm gonna take the Jaguars here. Actually, I mean they're gonna get their second win against uh, the season this time against the Seahawks. Um, I am going to pick the Seahawks. I would not be surprised if Jacksonville wins this, uh, wins this game. Um, Seattle, you know, as someone who's been a fan of them for a long time, they're obviously, like Kenny said, not nearly the Legion of Boom heavy, um, you know, pass rush, very intimidating defensive squad that they once were and their offense is in complete shambles without Russell Wilson. They don't, you know, they don't have anyone consistent throwing the ball. So I'm going to pick them still against Jacksonville just because I think Jacksonville are a little bit worse. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't trust Urban Meyer to get very many wins. But, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Seahawks. So we wrap things up with the Monday night game. The surprisingly 3-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs um, at home against the 2-5 and five New York Giants. Lance, are you picking the Giants to go on the road and beat the Chiefs? I'm sorry, guys. over to Bluetooth. Say, say the game again. It is the Kansas City Chiefs against the Giants, the Monday Night Football game this week. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is the week the Chiefs finally show up. Um, if it, if they were facing another team, kind of to your point about uh, you got to quit worrying about the logo or, or the helmet, as as we often say. Um, you got to play the game and not the name and. This is not the same Tennessee team. I mean, it's not even close to being – I mean, I'm sorry, the same Kansas City team. It's not even close to being the same Kansas City team. With that said, are the Giants good enough to take advantage of that? I, I just have my doubts. So I'm going to go with uh, Kansas City in this one. I, my guess is we'll all do a clean sweep because we everyone keeps thinking that the Kansas City Chiefs are, <laughs> are finally going to get back on track. But I'm not sure that that's going to be the case this year. I do think they'll beat the Giants, but I'm not sure that things are just going to – finally get back to the same old Kansas City team because I think it's just I, I think it may not be redeemable in the same way that everyone expects it to be this year. They may make the playoffs, but I don't think we're in for this magical turnaround for the Chiefs this year. Yeah, I am starting the more and more as time goes on, I keep thinking, oh, this'll be it this'll be the Chiefs get right game. But it just hasn't happened yet. Their defense is just uh, right back to where it was a couple of years ago. Uh, all that progress seems to be lost. Frank Clark and Chris Jones have been just horrific. Um, 
Patrick Mahomes has just made horrible, horrible decisions all year. I know a lot of his interceptions have gone off Tyreek Hill's hands, uh, but he has not been good in his own regard. Um, I'm still going to take them uh, just because the Giants suck. Uh, Joe Judge is probably the worst coach in football right now. Uh, They're still not healthy either. That's true. They're not a completely healthy team yet, so I'll I'll take the Chiefs, but... Have you guys seen David Culley, or maybe you don't see Texans games ever? I do not. <laughs> I was about to ask you. I was about yeah. to ask you, Lance. What is David Culley? David Culley would like a shot at that worst coach title. <laughs> David Culley, he's a junkie. Oh, <laughs> that's right. And three different times this year in post game news conferences, he said uh, on Monday, he said, "You know, I look back at the tape." I, I had a chance to do all over again. I would have done something else. Like, I'm just thinking, maybe stop admitting that. Yeah. Maybe stop admitting that. You would have done something else uh, three different times this year in a one and six season. That's probably not oh, helpful. Boy. Yeah, with that, I'm actually going to take the Chiefs as well. Um, Peyton and I have been saying like, oh, each week, like, okay, this is where you know the Chiefs are going going on a tear. You know, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to let up, but he still, you know, he's accepted that you know some of this, some of the struggles. You know, it's his fault. He's making throws. <laughs> without looking at the receiver like he used to, and he's throwing interceptions. And um, I would point out that Jackson Mahomes posted a TikTok of Patrick the other day. Mm. And Patrick Mahomes, nice. he looked very defeated. Mm. So I think he's just tired of his brother. Get his brother out of the picture. Get him out of that game. Don't let him uh, at Arrowhead this weekend, or the Chiefs are going to win it. <laughs> um, I'm also going to pick the Chiefs. To Peyton's point, that defense has been – I think that I'm – Speaking objectively here, I know we go to Mizzou. Nick Bolton might be the best player on that Chiefs defense this season. He certainly has looked it. I mean, um, Chris Jones has just been horrible. Yeah. And so has Frank Clark. I mean, the two guys who you could typically rely on to be pretty good. Yeah, and I think just, you know, it might just be one of those down years where, you know, they're just going to have to figure some things out. I think Mahomes has acknowledged that that's what's happening right now. But, yeah, I think it's on him to – limit those mistakes he just makes some really silly throws that like you know he'll be practically falling down when he gets sacked and just try and you know throw the ball sometimes he's got to take the sack and I think um you know he'll have to limit those but I do think this is a little bit of a bounce back game for them I just think the Giants are bad but so the Chiefs will get away with with that um yeah that'll that'll about wrap it up for NFL picks this week Peyton you have any final questions for Lance or, or Kenny anything else uh Super Bowl pick, Lance. If the season ended today, who would be in the Super Bowl? Hmm. Um, I, you know, I just have a feeling it's not going to be Tampa. I don't think it's going to be Green Bay. If, if the season ended right now, I would probably say Tampa's got too many secondary issues right now with injury. I would go, I think I would go Rams. I wanted to say Dallas, but I just couldn't get there. I would say Rams versus. I'm gonna stick with Bills. I think the Bills are built to uh, to make a, a deep run in the playoffs. So I'd go Rams Bills. Yeah, that'd be one of that'd be my top in my top two. Right now I'd say Dallas, Buffalo. Yeah. I, I think Buffalo's gonna be right there for the AFC. Um, well, Lance, thank you for joining us. Um, we have now had three ESPN nine seven five guys on our show and uh, you're number three. Wait a pipeline. Way to work, Kenny. Way to work. Yeah, way to work. Uh, Well, you know, I was thinking about coming back next summer, but after what you said about me, I'm not sure if I should. (laughs) I'll just keep making my after. You guys can call me. 
I'm NFL Networks or NFL.com's Lance Zerline, so that way it doesn't look like you're just forwarding everybody from one station. <laughs> there you go. That's what we'll have to. That's what we'll have to we'll, reference we'll change it. We'll, yeah. We'll blur out everything that says ESPN. That says ESPN. Dun, 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 dun. I am unwritten. I'm undefined. Can't read my mind. Spit it, Peyton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm just beginning. It's a very special episode of the Unwritten Rule. It's the study room edition. Because, because the great study. flood of KCOU. Mm-hmm. I made a joke um, on my other show, The Penalty Box, that we lost some of our records of penalty box scores. Um Due to a great flood, mm-hmm. that was a mythological one. We've actually had a, f- a flood in the station. Looks like it's your fault. It must be my fault. That's Hashtag on. That, Jack Knowlton caused the KCOU flood. That's on Let's me. Get it trending. That's folks. on. That's on me. Um, but of course, we are still going to try and bring you the unwritten rule in whatever janky format and setup we can. Um, I'm Jack Knowlton. Of course, the voice you heard singing is Peyton Haverman. Hi, Peyton. Hello, Mr. Knowlton. Hello. Thank you for lending me a mic yes. on this very day. We're using some mics of mine that I that I have. They're not as they're not KCOU quality, but everyone's just gonna have to deal with it. Um, we are also, of course, joined by Kenny Van Doren, who is a very um, happy man, at least right now, because Houston Astros are currently competing in the World Series. He's also tweeting. Um, he's also tweeting right now. It is a, it is a one one series, but Kenny, um, that's where we'll start things off for a little segment. You went to. Uh, the previous game is that correct game two yeah i went to game two uh that was my second world series game ever in my life and the astros are 2-0 and at world series games i've been to a lot of people made jokes that i should continue to go to the games this year you should um, guess what my fan-sided salary doesn't pay for that stuff i won't be at any more games unless luis garcia who's starting tonight for the astros hits a home run because it's in the national league ballpark if he hits home run i will be at game five you can hold that to you can hold it to me I know he'll only have at least two at bats, but I'm there's well, I, no chance he hits a home run. But if he does, I'll be at game five. So you're just doing that as like that's not like a like a contest thing. That's just like you're. I've told people that if he hits a home run, I'll be at game five. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I hope he hits a home run so you can go to another game. You're kind of like uh, how Jay Marsh was when the Bucks were in the finals in the Deer District. Every playoff game he went to, they won. Even though you're more of a fan, he was you know kind of just going for fun. But it's you know it's that superstition thing. You're gonna be broke if you if he hits a home run. Yeah, and if you have to get to the parade, I don't know if you're playing. I don't know. Oh yeah, are you gonna go to the parade if they win the World Series? Can't afford it. Um, I told my mom if we if the Astros do win the World Series, I will be at the parade possibly, but it won't be via um, airplane. Um, I would probably have to drive back. I'm done with airports. I had a really bad time last night trying to get <laughs> home. Had to come back today. Peyton picked me up from the airport, and it took us three hours to get here from St. Louis. Oh, boy. So, oh, yeah, because the there's bridge construction on I-70. That's right. Yep. That's right. Construction. They were sitting there on their phones. Really? You're calling them out? No, I guess they were actually doing something. <laughs> it was taking them forever. They were troubleshooting. They were troubleshooting. Well, Kenny and Peyton, what have you guys made of that World Series thus far? Um, It's been a... Well, I wouldn't say it's been a good World Series so far. Both the games have been well out of hand pretty early on. Um, but it's been back and forth. Um, to me, uh, the Astros still very much look like the better team. Um, but the Braves do look like the team with more momentum on their side. Uh, I think Game 3, I don't think this game will decide the series by any means. Um, I think e- even the loser of this game could bounce back relatively easy. Um 
But it'll be interesting to see if the Astros can get a good start out of Luis Garcia. Yeah. Fair enough. Kenny? Um, you know, I think if the Astros do win this, I know every win that you go up a game, it's going to be an edge. Mm. Um, but with the Braves losing Charlie Morton, this this will actually be our last show before we find out who wins the World Series. That's true. Um, but, you know, after the Braves losing Charlie Morton, they don't have that many uh, starters available. Um, they have Max Fried and Ian Anderson, and after that, who gets it? You know, there are going to be a lot of bullpen games, a lot of uh, pitchers pitching on short rest, and, you know, a team like the Astros have been banged up as well. No Lance McCullers, no Justin Verlander. Zach Greinke is not Zach Greinke anymore. Um, you know, there's there are injuries on both sides, but I feel like the Astros have a slight edge in that category with pitching depth. I still think Ian Anderson and Max Fried are, you know, two guys that could be aces on the Astros. You yeah. Know, those are two, guy, two young guys that are, you know, great hurlers in the game. But if the Astros can knock them out early, then, you know, they get to that bullpen, they'll just keep attacking the pitching, and their pitching will stay, you know, fresh. How has my boy Kyle Tucker been doing? Uh, he's been okay. Um, he's gang. not – Yeah. Gang. Don't mess with the gang. Gang. Um, oh, did he say that? No, that's a, a song. It sounds cringy. <laughs> it's from uh, ASAP Forever. Um, the song. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that song. I'm so done. So that's like a song yes. on one of his hype videos. But, you know, he hasn't been that's the best. That's a good best. song. Best World Series so far for him. Um, you know he's gonna come out of his shell. He likes to hit home runs when we don't when the Astros really don't need it. All right. So you know just count on that. If the Astros are up by like three to nine, he'll hit home run, a solo shot probably, a wall scraper. I will love to see it. I unlike pretty much everyone in America, apart from from Texas Astros fans, I am cheering for the Astros. I really want to see. Um, you know, Kenny. I want to. I have been. I've said this before. And I guess I'll rant about it again or whatever, vent about it again. I have appreciated Kenny's um, objectivity about his team throughout this whole playoffs. He could just as easily, you know, give us super homer takes and perspectives, but he's keeping it a buck for the viewers, and I respect that. That's something I did not do when, with my, when my team was in the playoffs. I totally defended them to the death. And for that, Kenny, I think your team deserves a chip, and I hope you can join me in 2021 championship ring, I guess. Well, if the XFL Roughnecks win in twenty, oh, it'll be twenty twenty two. Dang it! Um, but yeah, I actually took the Braves today. Um, See, look at that. I'm not going to be a homer. You know, I do think this is going to be a win for the Braves. Okay, that's I'm not going to say I, I don't think, but like I think the Braves have the edge uh, tonight. If there is a game, there's a lot of bad weather in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, the players did not get to take batting practice on the field. Um, you know, it's probably a game time decision, but they'll probably play. You know, there's not many World Series games that are rained out history of baseball but this you know this is the Braves day um this last you know last line of defense in that rotation before they have to kind of unload the bullpen go to a lot of arms last the next couple days unless somebody comes out of there and pitches five six innings so I think this will be Atlanta's Atlanta's day to kind of you know put that you know take that next step you know go two one in the series and then just kind of bank and roll with the bullpen from there on out okay Peyton do you have a favorite in this game I think I'm going to take the Braves as well, simply because Ian Anderson is a big-time postseason performer. He has just a 1-4-7 ERA and seven postseason starts. Luis Garcia, he's shaky. I, I, I'm i not huge on him this late into the season. He seems a bit fatigued. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the Braves tonight. Okay. Um, you know, based on those vibes, I guess I'll, I'll make it unanimous and take the Braves too. Um, seems like... You know, the Astros have, have started this series pretty well. It's gone pretty back and forth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the Braves – it's at it's in Atlanta, yeah? Yes. Um, 
I think the Braves get the prop get pro, uh, they'll get a, a World Series home victory. I think it's a it wasn't very expected for them to get to to that. And I think that home crowd being fired up that the tap that they're in it will fuel them to a victory. That's my very you know non baseball stance on that. But there yeah, you go. I would point out that the Astros have had they've been in three series mm-hmm. so far, and they've the last two series they've had home field. They've had home field in this in the World Series as well, but they didn't win the first game on the road. And you're going into a, an environment that hasn't had a World Series game since 1999. They're gonna be riled up. Yeah, they're gonna be riled up, and you know, it's the same thing with the White Sox. They didn't have a home playoff or playoff game since you know early two or late 2000s. Yeah. So I actually think Atlanta win the next two games just because that would make the most sense, and then they'll still lose the series because that's what Atlanta sports teams do. Sorry, Atlanta. It would be very Atlanta of them. Um. Yeah. Any other any other baseball things before I go to a couple quick hits? A couple more quick hits. I don't hits? think so. Just one series left. Yeah, it should be very, very exciting to watch. We'll obviously recap it on the next show because it'll be over by the time we have our next one. Um, Hopefully Kenny will be happy. Peyton, I have to, I, I'm sure you've already seen the news, but we have to recap some news today. Um, you know, sad from a, a Peyton Homer perspective, out of the NBA, out of the Chicago Bulls, um, there was a Woj bomb today. An already pretty shaky um, Bulls rotation was shaken up even more today. Patrick Williams, it was announced he will likely not play at all in the regular season um, for Chicago. Obviously comes off the bench. He was a rookie last season. Um, or sorry, he's been starting at power forward for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a rookie last season, so they're losing a key man. Well, a pretty key man in their rotation, at least in terms of defensive help and, and you know team balance and an already weak rotation, Peyton. I'm, already, I'm curious to see. All right, all right. Quick hit is NBA, by the way. I didn't really yeah. do a transition. Um, you know, what do you make of that unfortunate incident, and, and how does this you know, hurt the Bulls? I'm not really a big P P Will fan. No, uh, I don't think he's really all that good. He's hesitant on offense. Uh, he is too small to really effectively guard bigs, and he's too big to effectively guard guards. It's been a messy start to the season for him. He's been pretty bad. Um, yeah, the florist. Uh, will be missed, I guess, from the point of... <laughs> Forgot he's a florist. It's not very promising having to use Javante Green and uh, Troy Brown a lot. Um, that is not fantastic. But, I mean, missing Patrick Williams in itself is not a massive deal. Mm-hmm. It would be better if they had better depth there. But, yeah, it sucks from that standpoint. Yeah, I think the Bulls' issues are going to expose themselves probably more so toward the end of the season and then eventually wherever they finish in the postseason. Um, I think especially more recently in the NBA, it's shown that you need a almost a 10-man rotation to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty much unless you're the Brooklyn Nets with three superstars. And even then, um, I still think they'll struggle a little bit. And the Bulls just don't really have that. Having yeah. to play Troy Brown and Elise Johnson and Javante Javante Green, it's not it's not a fantastic. It's not, bench. but um, I think in terms of they've exceeded my expectations in terms of how I thought they'd start this season. I had them as the eight seed in the East, and they certainly do not look like they will finish as the eight seed in the East. I still do worry for them when it comes to postseason, especially if it's a Patrick Williams that might be coming back still a little bit hurt yeah. and also hasn't played a, basically a whole season. So, or a whole regular mm-hmm. season, if he does come back for the playoffs. So, bit of unfortunate news. I I don't wanna I don't wanna be too mean and curb the high that Bulls fans have felt. Um, well, they lost a big game. They last did night, lose a big so game it was last night. Di- discouraging it's and a, already. It's a bit of a double whammy yeah. for the Chicago Bulls. Um, 
the last quick hit. Sorry, Kenny. Did you have any NBA NBA thoughts before we do our last quick hit? Uh, Peyton and I were driving back to Columbia, um, you know, this Friday, mm-hmm. and you know, we found out uh, Patrick got hurt, and I we were talking about it. Who is the best defender on the Bulls, even when he's healthy? It's Alonzo Ball. Yeah, that's what I I agreed it's not with. Patrick Williams. No, it's not. That was a debate. It uh, someone and Mr. Jacob Infante said that Patrick Williams was our best defender. He's absolutely not. Lonzo Ball is far and away the best defender on the team. Yeah, I think just what you lose in Patrick Williams isn't necessarily a superstar on either end of the ball. Could it be? Could he be one day? Maybe. Um, but no, I think what you lose in him is just a rotational piece, which is something the Bulls can't afford to lose. Which is why it's a bigger deal than, you know, it maybe would be if they did have a deep team. Um, but they just don't. And so losing a guy like Williams, that means you're going to have to give guys like Elise Johnson and Troy Brown more minutes, which is going to hurt you in the long term. They're just not good enough to be getting that much minutes on a championship team. Um, but it's a it's an easier fix than, you know, not having a superstar, which the Bulls have seemingly a couple. So, but yeah, I think Zoe's easily the best defender on that Bulls team. The last quick hit, and we'll talk about a little bit, and you guys can correct me on the date of this. Does the college football playoff poll come out this coming Tuesday? It is this Tuesday. Yeah, the first so one comes out. ahead of that, I wanted to just each give our four that we think should be in the college football playoff right now. Uh, right now, my number one is very easy. That's Georgia, far and away the best team in the nation. That uh, We may never see another defense uh, like this Georgia one that we have now. Um, so I, I have a hard time believing anyone could argue against this. Uh, number two... See, my number two would still be Alabama mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I still think they're easily the second best team. Uh, A&M is not to be like super slept on. That's still a good team, just with a new quarterback that is taking over uh, midseason. So to me, that is still the number two team, even though uh, they dropped a one uh, at what is A&M's field, Kyle Field. Mm-hmm. Um, number three. I will put a little bit of respect on Cincinnati's name. They get number three, even though I don't think they belong in the playoff. Uh, this is like you can shoulder Fully on both want. of you. They are that's a disgusting team. They don't play very fun football at all. Uh, Desmond games, Ritter's look bad. Uh, I'm not impressed. And number four right now, um, I have to give to Oklahoma under Caleb Williams. <sighs> Spencer, want to talk about a disgusting team. I know they did not look great against Kansas. Or right? more than half the teams they've played all that season. That was with Spencer Rattler. Caleb Williams is ten times better. I'm not letting one off game that they were obviously overlooking against Kansas change that. To me, that is still far and away the fourth best team in the nation. Because Ohio State, who is probably number five right now, I still have questions about. Kenny. I've got some hot takes, so I'm going to go last. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a big uh, group of five defender unless it's U of H um, because U of H will actually be in the power five soon. Uh, Are they joining the AC? Big, no, the Big 12. Big 12. Uh, they're joining the Big 12. But, okay, number one for me is definitely going to be Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia is the best all-around team in college football. Um, number two is Alabama. Um, I know that if, if A&M had a decent quarterback, you know, you know, Heisman, not even a Heisman candidate quarterback, but, you know, a quarterback that we could say would go in the draft. I don't think A&M would have lost a game this year. Um, behind uh, Alabama at three, I'm going with Cincinnati. Uh, I think they'll just, you know, they'll, they'll 
you know, like Peyton said, they they have to be up there. You know, they're seven and zero. They do have some, you know, some good wins this year. They beat Indiana. They beat Notre Dame. They beat UCF, which is you know typically a one of the best one one of the best group of five. UCF and Indiana are not looking strong at the moment. Yeah, I know both teams are falling off, but you know they barely beat Navy. They beat Navy by uh, seven on the road, and you know for a team that's still ranked two in the country, I just don't know. You know, like you said, they win games, but it college football it matters how you win those games. You need to blow out those teams. Uh, At four, I'm going to be different here, and I'm going to put Michigan. Uh, Michigan is seven and zero. I'm not a big Ohio State supporter. Um, I don't really think they have that great of an offense this year, uh, especially you know after Justin Fields left. And <clears throat> Oklahoma, you know, as much as I'm a kind of a homer for Oklahoma, my cousins went there. I've you know family ties. Uh, they don't you know that that offense is you know still shaky and they need to you know fix that quarterback issue. Oh, I 100% agree. Um, my first three are all the same. Um, I would sneak Alabama in there over Cincinnati at two, just because, like you said, it's kind of a quality loss, and they've beaten they've beaten better teams than Cincinnati by you know larger margins. I still think Cincinnati deserved to be in the playoff. I am a staunch Group of Five defender. I was a huge UCF fan, one of the first years in the playoff when they were really good. Um, and then at four. I also think the fourth spot in the college football playoff, there should be no question about it, should be decided by this Michigan State-Michigan game this weekend. Um, I do not think Ohio State deserves it. I think that Oregon loss was ugly. I think their quarterback situation is bad, um, and I don't think they'll do well in the playoff should they be put in. Um, And then Oklahoma, Kenny just mentioned it. It matters how you win those games. Oklahoma does not win their games by very many points. I know it might change now with Caleb Williams, and we'll have to see that. But to this point, I do not have Oklahoma in my college football playoff. I don't think they deserve to be there. Um, and so I think it's a, I think it's Georgia clearly on their own pedestal, Alabama and Cincinnati right behind them. And I think at least with this first edition, we'll have to see how they do with the rest of their seasons. The winner of the Michigan-Michigan State game should get that final spot for me. I'm not going to disagree. I don't think Michigan State should get it simply because I just I don't like the makeup of that offense. Kenneth Walker has been great. My thing about Michigan um, State is they are the only – between Michigan and Michigan State, they have a win against a ranked team. Michigan mm-hmm. does not. Yeah, and uh, I've been impressed by Michigan. They've blown away most people's expectations, I'd say, up to this point. Um, I still – I want to see them beat Michigan State before I confidently put them in even the top five. Right now they'd be six or seven. Yeah, five. I guess if – you know, I won't be wishy-washy. I think – oh, I kind of think Sparty's going to win this one. It's tough. It's uh, tough. Whichever one of them wins absolutely deserves to be top uh, set, uh, six or seven at that point. Um, I would I would put them four just because that's a huge ranked victory, and I think it's – Maybe, yeah. And and they're still undefeated, so if you're putting them up against Oklahoma, it's just a more quality win than, yeah, than I mean, any of what Oklahoma has. It's still I, – I just have a hard time uh, after seeing the first few weeks of Caleb Williams – believing that Oklahoma is not top four I I could see it I can see it later in the season I can't see it right now right now just because we haven't seen enough Caleb Williams that's I don't know Uh, right now I have to keep Oklahoma there that's fair we agree to disagree we'll see what the committee thinks Mm -hmm. that was a good debate though I would agree but I'm gonna put Sparty in my top four to be a little different than Kenny and I think they'll beat Michigan on Saturday Sparty is a good shot I don't I I don't believe me and it, it, it hurts me to see 
as a Badger fan, Michigan and Michigan State so good. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think they deserve the credit where credit is due. Do you all have anything anything further before we wrap things up? Should we call it a day? Hope um, everyone enjoyed the study I, room edition I of have one more The Unwritten thing. Rule. Yeah, what? what's up? Nope, uh, nope. They, nope. Say, they say that um, a lot of things are left-wing and right-wing. Oh, gosh. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Birds need two wings to fly. You can't see it, but I'm doing the bird flying thing. No, he's not. Yeah, I am. No, he's not. He's just standing there. Yes, I am. I don't I'm know not even he's standing. He's just sitting there. Whatever. I'm doing the bird thing. <laughs> that was pretty funny, I guess. Peyton. Um, Anything to say about that, Ken, Ken Dog? Uh, let's go Astros. There you go. There you go. you got to be a homer sometime for the H. We will have to see the results of the World Series, the results of the college football playoff decision. When we come back, hopefully in a studio next time on The Unwritten Rule, um, this has been the Study Room Edition, and hope everyone enjoyed. Bye.